Moncrief on News Talk. Now, like most children, Jessica Farrell fell in love with Lego when she was a child. But unlike most children, that love never quite went away. She does it professionally now and today is hosting a workshop in Blessington Library. Afternoon, Jessica. Hello. How are you? So could you tell us a little bit about your, your journey, if you like, back to Lego? Because you do come from an artist or a family of artists. I do indeed, and I always struggled to find the medium that suited me, but uh, Lego turned out to be the one. I got back into Lego when I started getting extremely jealous of my children's Christmas presents, (laughs) and (laughs) when I started to uh, build sets of my own, it didn't take very long before I branched out into a lot of creative pieces and discovered that this was indeed where I could channel my art. And there's been no turning back since then. Right. And, and people will know you from uh, the Channel 4 show you were on and, 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 that, and, that, and a few other things. Now, you, you, and, and a lot of your income today, would that be derived from getting specific commissions to make things? About a third of my time would be commissioned work. Another third is um, I'm a model designer for Lego licensed books and publications. Um, uh, the, the DK uh, Lego book series, there's a number of ones that I would contribute to. And then the other third of my time would be doing interactive workshops and hands-on experiential activities with uh, families and children around the country. Mm. That's what we're doing today. Yeah, and that's dinosaurs you're doing today, as I understand. Dino Day, yes. yes. I mean, kids love dinosaurs. They love Lego. When you get the two of them together, wow, you have an, a huge crowd of happy faces. Yeah, and the commissions that you get, Jessica, would it, would it be mostly buildings you're asked to construct? Oh, it could be anything. I mean, just uh, about a month ago, um, I was asked to do a couple of buildings just... um uh, I, oh, yes, I was asked to do a re- piece for a retirement gift, and that was actually a peacock. Huh. And <laughs> somebody also asked me to make the manor that his son and daughter-in-law got married in. They they were married in a beautiful place in Toronto, and uh, they contacted me to, to create that manor house. Um, it can be anything. It really could be. Um, it, it could just be sculpture or a work of art to sit on a desktop. Or also, I've um, done small tabletop models as, as gifts. People get a, a nice sculpture as a birthday gift for somebody. Yeah. Now, are there any limits to, to Lego, by which I mean, if you're, say, making a reproduction of a building, just say, for example, and mm-hmm. there's a specific colour a part of the building is, do you, do you have to paint it in that instance or can you find Lego in any possible colour? Oh, well, there's at least 100 colours that Lego has come in over the decades. They're not all available all at one time, but one has to keep a stock of things that are in current production as well as things that may have been long out of production. So you can usually find the colour you're looking for. I'm extremely fussy about colours. Colour to me is is part of the way that I create the mood and tone of the piece. Mm. So um, I always strive to get exactly the colour I'm looking for as best I can, but I would never, ever ever paint a piece nor would I cut a piece or make it in any way different from the way it was first made right okay fair enough that, and, that's and part and, of the challenge yeah actually. I would imagine so but, but and and you know sometimes those small you know fiddly details on things could must be challenging to recreate Absolutely. One of the things I love is that there is this mathematical precision to Lego. I mean, it's all laid out on a very structured grid and everything is in system, so to speak, so that every piece connects to every other piece. 
but at the very same time, the only true limitation is is your own creativity. Yeah. So as long as you can create it, as long as you can imagine it, it it's possible. It yeah. may take a lot of time to figure it out, but it's possible. Yeah, because it, it, cause it strikes me that it's a kind of a combination of art and, and architecture and construction. Well, like with any art, there are, there are techniques. And for Lego, there's just more techniques than there are for others. <laughs> I suppose if I was a dancer having to learn all the different dance steps, that would take time. So certainly for this, there was an awful lot of techniques to learn and perfect. And everybody has their own special techniques as well. I have mm. a few that I would say are particularly mine. But there's, um, th- there's always a lot to learn. And every time a new piece comes out, that's new stuff to learn again. And so, you have to keep a catalogue of every piece in your head as well. And is that how you learn the techniques? Or, or, and usually people in your line of work, are you, are you willing to share them with each other? Well, the best piece of advice I got was from a, a Lego set designer who happens to be a very good friend of mine. And he said, whenever a new piece comes out, you take it, you fiddle around with it, and you try to put it together with other pieces. And then you remember all the different ways you connected it. And then when you've got a creation in your mind, you're not limited by the pieces. You know what to reach for. OK, so do you have, is that all in your head or do you have a book? Do you take down notes for, oh, that was an interesting technique. I might need that for further reference. It's all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not joking to say that I lie in bed sometimes at night and instead of getting to sleep, all these pieces are slotting together in, in my mind and I'm just imagining things. I actually have a little notepad beside me so that I can just reach out in the dark and scribble something down if something comes to me. I know that sounds obsessive, but that's just the way my okay. mind works. No, well, that's love. That's, uh, that's <laughs> love. Also, is it like I, re- I read that, w- um, that one of the workshops you did was... Uh, with kids in direct provision, but they'd never seen—they'd never seen Lego before. They had never touched a Lego piece. Some of them hadn't, and a good few of them didn't um, speak English. So it was actually really—it was a wonderful workshop. The experience was great because even though we didn't have the same verbal language, we started communicating in using the Lego. It was like the language of Lego, and. The only thing is, you know, they had to take some time to familiarize themselves with the connections and putting the pieces together. But they they caught on really quickly. And within about 20 minutes, we were all building together and they were producing these wonderful things. And actually, it was in the the National Museum. We were doing a a project on Glendalough and they were there learning a bit about Irish uh, medieval history. So, you know, they were learning about Irish history and culture and you know, communicating this way. And it was it was all good. It was really, really good. I came away from that workshop feeling like I probably got more out of it than than they did. Yeah, because it, yeah, it is one of those things that wouldn't need that much in the terms of language. You you know, you no. communicate with by doing and, and showing it. And yeah, that's extraordinary. Absolutely. Uh, Jessica, thanks a million for speaking with us today. Uh, best of luck with the rest uh, of the workshop today. That's Jessica Farrell there hosting that workshop in uh, Making Dinosaurs Out of Lego in Blessington Library. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.